Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. be discussing season three episode 21 titled beta oh my god this episode holy crap this episode is utterly incredible it's so magnificent and maybe one of the best moments of this entire series it's really really spectacular and what i love specifically about it so This episode basically shows off the 24 hours of hell that is Samaritan's beta test. Like, it starts with Samaritan going online and ends just after the 24-hour period of the beta test is over. So Samaritan currently has unblocked access to all of New York City's surveillance feeds. Every camera in New York, every tracking device, every anything, is now accessible by Samaritan. And so, Reese, and Shaw, and Root, and Finch, who we have no idea where he is for most of this episode, they all now have to deal with running for their goddamn lives. Because they are at the top of Decima's hit list. They are at the top of the list of threats to Samaritan. They are the ones that Samaritan is going to be taking out first. So that Samaritan can continue unhindered. And so, you see them throughout this episode, like, they have to run around the city, hide from security cameras, uh, lose access to all, like, phones and GPSs and all that. Uh, They have to actively hide themselves from the modern digital world. They basically have to remove themselves from... What we know of as our modern technological society. Or a big army of Decimagoons is going to show up and kill them all. It's insane. It's really, really insane. And this episode very wisely never gives anyone a moment to breathe. There is not a single slog, not a single slow point in this entire episode. It starts and just keeps going and 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 going. It's so fast-paced, it's so frenetic, and it never, ever, 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 ever slows down. And it's actually really 
terrifying. Because up until this point, for the last two, almost three seasons, we've seen the nice version of a surveillance state. We've seen the version of a surveillance state where it's like, okay, like this surveillance state was architected by the most ethical of ethical people. Like, he went out of his way to make sure this system was only used to save lives, not for any other purpose. It was only, uh, it limited as much human access as possible, let the machine work internally, close it off from everybody. No one else has access to it, no one else can direct it, no one else can use it for their own interests. Like, there's no possible way for... This to be abused. There is no possible way for Samaritan, or not Samaritan, there is no possible way for the machine to run amok. We've seen the ethical version of a surveillance state, but now with the latter half of this season, and with this episode particularly, we're now like pulling the rug out from under ourselves and going, wait a minute, no, that's a pipe dream. That's like, not how humans work. Like, anyone is pow- in power is going to want to control the system. Anyone in power is going to want to use it to their own advantage. Anyone is p- in power is going to want an open system they can control, and they can direct, and they can do whatever they want with, and they're just going to use it to take out their enemies, and that's about it. And so we get something much closer to what an actual surveillance state might look like. With these 24 hours of Samaritan. Where literally, if you dared to say, Hey, I'm not a fan of this literal surveillance state run by self-centered dictators, essentially. uh, Dictators who live in the shadows. I don't like this. You now have to avoid... Like, uh, imagine having to live your life... Let alone 24 hours. Imagine having to live your life on the run, avoiding every security camera, not even having, like, a phone or GPS, anything. Like, just because if this one machine, if this literal god catches you, the Eye of Sauron gazes upon you, and it's just like, Get them! And then suddenly there's, like, 50 guys with guns ready to kill you. Like, it's terrifying. And, like, we've talked a lot about this threat of Samaritan, threat of Samaritan, threat of Samaritan, the threat of Samaritan. Samaritan's gonna be bad. Samaritan's gonna be bad. Samaritan's gonna be bad. Samaritan's gonna be bad. And now we finally see it. Oh, shit. This is what this actually is. This is what a world controlled by Samaritan would look like. This is what we're fighting against. And not only that, but keep in mind, they mentioned this multiple times. This is Samaritan at its weakest. None of its cognitive functions are online. It only has access to one city. It can only watch and follow in the five boroughs in the New York area. As Root says, Samaritan is currently a baby learning to crawl. 
which is even more terrifying. Like, if this is how Samaritan looks in its infancy, what is a fully matured Samaritan going to look like? What is a fully matured Samaritan going to start doing? It's horrifying. It really is really horrifying. Uh, And they build this very credible threat of Samaritan in this episode officially in the best, best possible way. It's so magnificent and so, so well done. And this on its own would have made a great episode. This, if it was just an hour of Reese and Shaw and Root running from Samaritan and nothing else, that on its own would have been incredible. But then they add in the little wrinkle that Greer really wants to find Finch. And he can't find Finch. Even with Samaritan, he can't find Finch. So he's like, oh, let's put in everything we know about Finch. And whoever the machine spits out as the closest person to him, we'll just capture them and see what happens. And of course, who does it spit out? But Grace! So now Samaritan, the Eye of Sauron, is now gazing on Grace. Oh my god, I'm going to refer to Samaritan as the Eye of Sauron for the rest of this discussion. Get ready for so much half-assed Lord of the Rings references in the next month and a half. (laughs) But we are now gazing upon Grace. Of course, the machine brings up Grace as their newest number because... Of course, like, fill in the blanks as to why Grace might be in danger. Think of how Grace might be involved in a violent crime. Oh, I don't know. So the rest of this episode is protecting Grace. And we get some great moments uh, where they save Grace from a decima agent. Uh, They bring her into this police station. Reese flashing the badge of Detective Stills, handing her off to Fusco. They're hiding out in the police station a bit. I love this moment where Grace sees the missing poster of the actual Detective Stills and is like, um, what the hell? You are not a cop. You are not a police officer. And then Root shows up and is like, hey, listen. Here's what's gonna happen if you walk out of here right now and just lists all these horrible things that will happen. And is like, You can deal with a few little lies here and there about who we are. And we get this, like, little showdown at the police station. Uh, Root has this really cool thing where she just cuts the police surveillance feeds by just, like, overloading, like, waving this coil around and overloading the system. It's really, really awesome. Root sets off a bomb and then escapes uh, with Reese and Shaw and Grace. This ends up not working. It was always 50-50 according to her. And Grace immediately gets captured. And Decima gets away with her. So now we have Reese and Shaw and Root trying to figure out how to find Grace. In New Jersey. Uh, they go all the way to New Jersey to escape the the radius of Samaritan's gaze. To escape the eye of Sauron's gaze. <laughs> we gotta go back to the Shire 
to escape the Eye of Sauron. <laughs> uh, but they basically, they find a place where Decima took Grace. They found uh, this one dark spot from the machine that Decima went to. And they're like, okay, we're going to go there. We're going to sneak back into the city, go to this shipyard, look around for a bit. Hopefully Grace is there. And they poke around a little bit. They poke around a little bit. They find an extra ship that is not on the manifest. And they look in the ship. There is a bunch of dudes poisoned and dead. And they find a crap ton of servers. Guess what the servers are meant to power. Yep, you guessed it. Samaritan. These are but a few of the servers meant to power Samaritan when it can, in Root's words, run. So... Reese and Shaw, they find a place that... Actually, okay, I'm getting my events backwards. So, first, someone attacks Root. Uh, Reese and Shaw take him out. They break into his tablet, and they find an address in Brooklyn. Where Decima's HQ in New York apparently is. So, Reese and Shaw go to get... Uh, Go over there to get Grace, and Root is left at the shipyard to do stuff. Now, while all this is happening, we have Greer sitting down with Grace in these really spectacular interrogation scenes, where Greer is, like, offering her tea and asking, like, who she is, uh, she, have you ever been married and all that, uh, she ends up eventually bringing her fiancé, Harold, but... He died in the ferry bombing, and then Greer immediately recognizes the name Harold and starts grilling her over Harold, like, are you sure Harold is exactly who he said he was? Are you absolutely sure that uh, you were right about who he is? Are you absolutely positive? Like, what have you actually learned about him that you know precisely to be true? And the woman who plays Grace... She's so, so good in this episode, and I feel bad that I don't know her name. I'm going to look it up as I continue talking, but she basically ends up giving this really spectacular monologue about how she had an alcoholic father, and because of that, she learned to uh, identify lies very, very well, to the point where she started looking for them in people, and... The reason she knew that Harold was never lying to her is that for the first time, he gained her trust. So a little peek back into the curtain of who Grace is as a person, other than chick Harold was banging. Uh, Carrie Preston is her name. Carrie Preston is the actress. She is incredible in this episode. I absolutely love her in this. She did a phenomenal job. Uh, but it's this really amazing sequence, this really incredible sequence that is handled so, so freaking well. And eventually, after some Decima guys find Reese and Shaw's car and find a homeless guy in it, Greer puts two and two together and is like, 
Our location is compromised. Run away! Every man for himself! Every... Every British villain for himself! <laughs> every surveillance state dictator for himself! <laughs> and there's this really spectacular moment when Reese and Shaw show up. Almost no one's there, except for this one tech that's uh, 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 taking everything apart. They have this guy captured. Greer comes on the video screen and is like, Hello. We're not there anymore. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna bring Finch to me at dawn. And in return, I'll give you Grace. If you don't come, she dies. And when Reese is like, Nope, not doing it. Give us Grace or we'll kill this tech guy. Greer's like, No, that's not gonna work. He's already dead. Aren't you? This guy, like, takes Reese's gun and shoots himself. Like, it, it, it's so, so good. But we have this exchange ready to go. The machine is able to locate Finch uh, outside of Grace's apartment. Outside of Grace's home. Just sitting there. And Reese and Shaw come up to him. And he's like, I, I guess the machine... Gave him some kind of warning about Grace. Because he's like, I, I, I tried to just come over here immediately. I thought I could warn her. I thought her I, 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 had I had time. They want me, don't they? And Harold's like, immediately, yeah, I'll do the exchange. Absolutely. I, I'm gonna do this. Like, I need to do this. This has to happen. So... Finch is at this exchange. They set this up on the bridge. This bridge scene is phenomenal. Because we have our guys and Finch on one side. Decima and a blindfolded Grace on the other. She is blindfolded, so she cannot see that this is Harold, her fiancé, very much not dead. And they stage this so perfectly... With Reese saying, hey, we can find another way. Finch being like, yeah, no, I always knew this was going to happen. I always knew this was coming. I knew the second that the machine came online that I was always going to be tied to it. It was foolish to think otherwise. This moment was always looking for me. I have to face it. And Reese being like, we'll, we'll come for you. And Finch being like, no, Grace is all that matters. And actually, before this sequence, Finch even said... Look, I I don't want to do violence. I don't want violence to happen. But if they harm Grace at all, kill them all. Do you have any idea how significant it is for Finch to utter the phrase, kill them all? This is like the biggest pacifist in the world. And he is using the phrase, kill them all, for the timeline in which they harm Grace. Yeah. Oh my god. And then Finch starts walking and Grace starts walking. They're both moving slowly across the bridge. And like, Grace stumbles. And Finch catches her. And she's like, oh, thank you. And you can tell Finch and Michael Emerson, so subtle performance on this. You can tell that every single 
molecule of Finch. You can tell that every single fiber of his being wants to yell out, Hi, I'm alive! I'm your I'm your dead fiance! I'm not dead! Like, you can tell he wants to say it so bad, but he knows he can't. And he watches her walk away for a bit and then just keeps walking towards Decima. And then, like, Reese has Grace, Decima has Finch, both drive away, and that's it! Finch is in Decima's hands, and Grace is safe! Like, oh, it's so good! It's such a good scene! So everything's good-ish. Uh, Decima fulfills their promise to our senator of bringing him a terrorist. And... The senator's like, okay, we'll be in touch. Pretty much leaning towards, yeah, we definitely need Samaritan. Uh, Reese provides Grace with a new identity, a new job in Italy, courtesy of Finch. And Root has seven servers from Samaritan. So she just has these. For a rainy day, getting a little bit of an edge up on whatever the mature version of Samaritan will be that is coming down the pipeline and is very much a looming threat, a looming specter over everything right now. Uh, The feeds go dark. So the beta test of Samaritan is no more. And then we get this great ending where for the first time, Finch... And Greer meet. And they start a conversation. And mm, there's so much I want to say. 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 We only have two episodes left in this season. Oh my god. (laughs) This. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I can't. I can't say anything. Holy crap. This season. It goes to a spectacular place. It's already at a spectacular place, but it goes to an even more spectacular place. I cannot wait to break down these last two episodes of the season. Oh, boy. Oh. Oh, freaking boy. Anyway, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you can uh, send that in, if you can afford to be a patron, I talked about this on Clark Film. We'll talk about it again here. Uh, I did see someone unsub from the patron, uh, uh, from the Patreon, pull their patronage, uh, and in their exit survey, uh, it said that it was because their financial situation had changed. If that person's listening, totally get it, totally one hundred percent understand. Uh, you will, you will hear no argument from me. You will hear no begging or pleading to come back from me. Do what you have to do. Uh, I, I, I actually gave the airplane safety metaphor on Clark film. Put on your own mask before 
helping others. We're in a weird economic place right now. I totally, 100% understand. If you can be a patron, great, awesome. If you can't be, uh, if you can't afford it, that's cool too. You do you. But, if you are well off enough, and you are in a financially stable uh, position enough to become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, uh, which I will be putting up there once every month. Uh, or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also uh, support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Again, don't do it if you don't have the means. Please don't go into debt over this terrible podcast. Uh, it, it's not worth it in any way. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 22. Talk to you then.